Hey guys, my name is Shubomi Ajibola and you're listening to The Reflective Space, the podcast. It's nice to just affirm people nicely. Just tell them, I love you, I think you're great. You have to be lost to be found. Be selective about how you spend your time, where you spend your time, and who you spend your time with. I believe a lot in discipline and like practicing things that might be painful but have long-term benefits everyone and welcome to another episode of the reflective space today we have the lovely abiola hi founder of skin library hey girl hi how are you i'm good how are you i'm well i'm well amazing thank you for joining me today and i'm excited to get yes it's my pleasure and i'm excited to get into today's conversation about skin and business and how you've created this beautiful beautiful platform um, tell us a bit more about Skin Library and what its mission is. What is the aim, the objective of Skin Library? So, yes, Skin Library essentially is an online beauty platform. Um, it's Our aim is to be 50% um, content, 50% e-commerce. Um, so providing educational content, um, educational events around demystifying beauty and skincare, as well as finding the best products from around the world um, for that could be more accessible for um, customers and consumers to buy and purchase and just making that whole experience very pleasurable and fun. Uh, we launched it in 2018 so we're just a year and a bit now um, yeah and we're just finding it really fun to go on this journey and be in this industry. Amazing what has your skin journey your skincare journey been like up until now? Well, actually, before you started Skin Library, what was your skincare journey, routine, experience like? Did you always have good skin? Were you very experimental with products? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I didn't have anything extreme like chronic acne or anything like that. I did have eczema, but that was on my body. Um, But my journey with skin up until before I started Skin Library was very simple. I kind of used whatever my mom had. So I wasn't really looking at what was going on my face. I was I was kind of okay with that, but my skin was never exceptional until I remember, I'm going to say the name of the brand, but this very cool brand who kind of targeted themselves as being very scientific. Um, I went to their store and I bought like <clears throat> maybe 150 pounds worth of products. And they're telling me this thing is going to work. It's amazing. And then I had the most severe reaction um, that made me really self-conscious. Mm. Um, and I just didn't know what to do so I just went back to using nothing again Um, and then after that I remember doing a job in South Korea um, and then having gone out into South Korea was experimenting going out seeing different things I went to a strip called Myeongdong which is like the Rodeo Drive of beauty um, and went into just so many different beauty stores and saw so many different products I've never seen before ingredients that I've never seen before and even the attitude towards beauty the way the sales assistants were explaining the products to me I was sold so I just bought some stuff like novice wise um, even sheet masks for friends and stuff like that and everything kind of worked I had people coming back to me saying that can I have some more what like how do I get more of this stuff me too my skin was transforming and my mom's skin was transforming so we're kind of like wow we've like struck gold here like and it wasn't that expensive as well so like how come this isn't you know like Le Mer or something crazy like that but we're getting these results 
so yeah amazing and I guess what took you to Korea in the first place what was the initial pull to Korea yeah you didn't go looking for skincare did you no no so it was actually so funny so it was partly because of my co-founder Yuri she was a friend of mine and she was telling me whenever you want to come down to Seoul there's like I'm here, I can show you around. And I was always in the back of my mind. And um, I was connected to a fashion house in Korea who wanted to do some shots and they'd seen my photography work. Um, And I kind of doubled that up as a trip and a work trip. Um, And that was really fun. And my mom was like, you're not going halfway around the world without me. So she came um, and it ended up being like an amazing, like double trip that worked out and birthed Skin Library. Um, but yeah, I, d- I didn't go there stumbling or looking for skincare or anything like that. I simply went to explore like a new country, um, culture and work um, photography at the same time. Right. Okay. So that, it, it kind of all came, came together almost like unexpectedly, like your discovery of like, I guess like K-beauty. Yeah. So I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I was like, okay, uh, beauty it seemed to be really big and I was like okay this is interesting but you know I didn't know what to expect and then having come back and seen how people were using it but it wasn't as accessible in the UK at the time it was mainly mm. just branching into America so this was like 2015 2016 um, so I was like okay this is amazing but I can't repurchase this like why and I remember speaking to uh, my co-founder when she came to London and we were having lunch and she I was just telling her like I was telling her loads of products to bring like I was like I want a b c d e <laughs> and she was like yeah I'm so surprised that this isn't here like this is a way of life in you know Korea that this attitude towards skincare and you know and this preventative method and I was like why can't we teach this here like why can't we make this more accessible here like why isn't this not possible um and then we just looked at each other I remember we're like well why not (laughs) and then that's how it kind of birthed from there what were some of like the first k-beauty products that you fell in love with or brands that you fell in love with oh that's an interesting question there's a brand called skin food um i don't know if they're as big anymore but they're a very a road shop brand so you have those brands like body shop if that makes sense so mm. they were very cool they had a lot of these innovative products and ways and applications and their sales assistants were just so friendly and so welcoming and that's like what i needed sometimes i go into stores in the uk and i don't get that experience i don't even get that knowledge aspect of things so i'm asking okay so why this ingredient and they had the answer and I thought that that really helped and I was like how do I translate this experience online like how do I get this Mm -hmm. to be possible for people who are shopping online and and that's where kind of like skin the library side of skin library births kind of like I wanted our online store to be a safe space because a library is almost a safe space no matter who you are your age, your gender, you can come and like seek knowledge. And I kind of wanted that to be that for skincare and beauty. Yeah. And before like Skin Library became Skin Library that we know, what were the early days like for you? Like in terms of just getting it started? Yes, in terms of getting it started, deciding on the positioning, guessing the products down here, funding. Did you guys have funding for Skin Library? No. So it was all bootstrapped. So it was actually great because it worked alongside me leaving uni. So I'd, I'd done one year um, 
in Queen Mary's doing medical engineering, an amazing degree just wasn't for me. So I was, I wanted to go back to the drawing board. So I spent a year out just working and I bootstrapped kind of the beginning. We both put our money in um, and kind of went from there. The early stages was tough. Um, I remember going back to Korea twice and not having a business card, doing this shoddy like PowerPoint presentation um, and not even exporting it to PDF just opening it up to these like executives in a room and trying to like convert it to show slideshow. Very embarrassing, very amateur. Um, and trying, getting, trying to get them to, um, to believe in the vision that they couldn't see. It's easy now, I just send our website, show our press, um, show the lineup that we had, but I couldn't show that at the time and I needed them to believe what, it could be and they never entered the UK market before so they didn't know what to expect translations regulations all of that they didn't know what to what yeah. could be in store so I had to make sure that they were comfortable with entering there and I was a novice I, I don't have any experience in beauty or beauty retail to that degree so I had to prove to them that I could do that and also I didn't have large amounts of money so I'm not making large purchase orders yeah it's tough um not everyone said yes, but the ones who did kind of helped the trajectory of where we are now. We had brands that were really big at the time who believed in us. Um, and we're like, you know what, we're going to give you a shot. And, and that really worked and that really helped me. And that really gave me leverage to go to other brands as well. Um, yeah. And, and that was, and that was good. And also it, we also realized that we didn't need to start super big, you know, skincare products are so many different types. So we were like, okay, let's be smart here. Um, let's only start with ones that we felt that could work well and we realized that sheet masks were being a lot more trendy and a lot more used um, and are great additions to the routine therefore we thought that you know if we introduced a cleanser or anything someone could already have one but a sheet mask or someone could always invest in one so we started mm -hmm. with sheet masks from seven different brands right and what was the reception like in the earlier stages in the beginning what was the reception like from customers yeah so it was great a lot of our family and friends um really went out of their way to push and share and that was really great but sometimes it, it's a humbling experience i'll tell you that because you think that people are going to get the um vision off the bat yeah and that doesn't necessarily happen people aren't going, going to see the full picture um and we had to accept that so i just assumed that like people would be buying and purchasing regularly and I didn't understand how people shop my market research wasn't that intense at the time so we'd done really well in the first month of launch but the next month which was we launched in late November early December and the next month was January but people say that, that, that for like most other industries outside of sports like fitness it's some of the worst months for um, brands and stuff. So we just weren't pulling any sales. And I was like, oh, we're going to fail, we're going to fail, what's going on? But it was very, it allowed us to pivot, um, expand, look at other different avenues, ways to um, get our content out there, introduce me to marketing. Um, yeah, and that was really fun. And a lot of skill learning there. Yeah. And... You obviously where you are today, and I think Skin Library has grown massively even from when I first discovered K-Beauty, which is only like end of last year. It was my first introduction to K-Beauty, and then I started actually getting my hands into K-Beauty this year. And 
my biggest takeaway is the 10 step skincare routine. Although I actually incorporate other brands that are not KBC into that 10 step, but can you walk us through the 10 step um, skincare routine? Of course. So the 10 step skincare routine, I kind of see it um, as a guideline instead of a step by step routine. Um, however, it can because you can add and take away um, as you please, except there's the main three um, overheads that you follow. So like hydrate, um, cleanse and protect. But the, to, in the order, it would go oil cleanser water cleanser exfoliator toner and then it will go essence serum ampule and then it will go sheet mask or like wash off no sheet mask or um what's the overnight mask and then eye cream and then moisturizer slash spf yeah it, it changes from day or night but you don't need everything every single day because you're not going to exfoliate every single day exactly you're not going to need a sheet mask every single day but it's a kind of a guideline to know what's out there and then you kind of pick and choose what works as long as you have a good cleanser a good hydrating product whether that be a toner or a serum or an essence and a good protection so it would be like moisturizer spf and then you're good to go and you can kind of build as you feel like it because again there's a lot of hybrid products so I even stumbled there because there's a lot of areas in which you could add or remove things yes it really depends on on case by case what are some um products that or brands that you're loving at the moment oh I'm loving like SPF Um, learning about that because I'm actually going into my third year of cosmetic science. So learning about the importance of SPF um, for the skin on a scientific basis was quite important for me to understand how to push this in terms mm-hmm. of having that. So it took us a long time to create SPFs. That's because I wanted, if it was an important product that everyone needs to use, yeah, everyone needs to be able to use it. It can't be exclusively for one skin type or one skin shade, you know. So it took us a while because um, K-Beauty is dealing with a, a market that is quite homogenous. So they don't have people who vary in skin shade therefore yeah. had to look for products and trial and test quite a lot um and i love toner as well i feel like toners are like the funnest part of the routine i don't know getting something on a cotton pad and just wiping away your face um is is, is really lovely and i love a good cleanser as well um yeah in the morning and in the evening it's just fun like i, I use my skincare routine as my 15 or 20 minutes of self-care yeah. Um, I'm not looking at my phone where I'm not thinking about much, just kind of indulging in that experience. And taking care of your body, literally. Exactly. And I, and I love that because I feel like we live busy lives. And if those 15 pockets of 15, 20 minutes here and there is literally you time and taking care of you, it's quite important. And so everyone should have one. Yeah, definitely. I agree. What's something interesting that you found about sunscreen? that a lot of people might not be aware of. Ooh. Because I think I started wearing sunscreen maybe three, four years ago because I was one of those people who was under the impression that I was black skin and I had melanin and so I didn't need mm-hmm. sun protection. But clearly we've kind of progressed from that. Thanks to people <laughs> like you who's creating content to educate us that everybody needs to be wearing sunscreen. Um, was there anything else that you found in your research that you know, a lot of us might not know? 
as consumers? Um, that there isn't a lot of research around um, SPF on black skin. And that is starting to change. And I feel like we need more black people um, doing scientific research on SPF on black skin in terms of the benefits and, st- and all the um, curations when it comes to new product development. That's why when a brand comes out and it has a white cast, because there wasn't um, people of darker skin shades oh. in the testing stage of, of of curating this product and that's a problem so I feel like brands are changing they're realizing they're realizing the market they're missing out on by excluding people of darker skin shades yeah and that's beginning to change but it's slow and short and surely happening like there's amazing brands called um, black girl sunscreen and goop super goop who are doing yeah. things um and creating amazing um sunscreens that work for a diverse audience and i feel like once other older brands see that they will start to hop on and And of course the keep cool bamboo sunscreen that is available in skin library exactly and that's their first sunscreen and and i love it because i have a really good relationship with keep cool and they're very they the thing about korean beauty and korean brands is that they listen to the consumer and they're not afraid to change a formulation change packaging um, discontinue a line based on customer feedback and that's how they've built a healthy ecosystem within their beauty space mm. and that's not what we have as much in the west um, and so when they were doing the sunscreen they really reached out and just tried to say we well, you know what what are consumers looking for when it comes to a sunscreen and that's what birthed the amazing keep cool sun bamboo essence um, which is just lightweight just amazing on like applying and it doesn't really have like literally you put it on for two seconds and you rub it in for two seconds and then there is a, a no white cast and it's like super dewy it's incredible like I, I feel like a lot of other sunscreens you have to work it in yeah and, and it's kind of mattifying it sits on the face this feels like a normal moisturizer you know and and, and that's what's amazing and, and I feel like it's definitely working its way and 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 growing in the UK market at the moment so we're really happy with that yeah, that's super good because that I think that for me that was my first um hesitation with sunscreen was the white cast. Initially when I first started wearing sunscreen, that was the issue. There weren't enough brands catering to dark skin and being cautious of avoiding, you know, the white cast issue. But now there are a few there are a lot more brands, I would say, that uh have taken that into consideration in their formulation of products. And so it's less of a problem. Um, so it's great to know that you're also supplying this. Another one of my fave products, you already know this, is the toner, the Acewell toner that you put me on. And it is, it's literally like if a fruit could like, like if a watermelon like explode on your face after washing, that's what it feels like. It's like the best thing on your skin. And I actually started, I started wearing it as like an essence. So I put it on my palm as opposed to like wiping it through. I put it on my palm and then like dab it in. And it's the best feeling after like a shower and you kind of strip some of your oils. Highly, highly recommend for anyone using it. Available at the skin library. Get yourself that tuna quick because also it sells out. <laughs> It sells out. I actually um, spoke to the brand and they've um, released 300 mil sizes, which we're about to drop today. Um, so that is limited as well. It only comes out once a year. So we've ordered like a large quantity of that. So for people to stock up during the winter, yes. a lot of people like buy, which we found really crazy about that tuna, um, buy four or five at a time. And we're like, okay, we need bigger sizes. So we've <laughs> 
a brand has created that is incredible. Even like um, Aqua as a brand, they're just, they were really big at the time. And when we met them, we were really small and we still are, but they believed in us. We went back twice or three times and we had a conversation over like six months trying to convince them to come to the UK and to come to us exclusively. Um, And that we kind of pushed them um, really well and market them really well. And they were like, yeah, um, you're not big. And on, 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 on paper, it's like, we could go with like an, an older retailer um, and stuff, but we just love the vision and mission here. And that really helped because it's like, it's easy to fold under pressure and um, like kind of assimilate to what's already out there. Mm-hmm. But when you stick to your vision and your mission, it, it is what sets you apart. And that's what got us our biggest brand yet. Um, and that's been amazing to to experience and to know and to have affirmed in me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's easy to just do what everyone has already done because you've seen it work. But then there's the question of so so what makes you different? So why so why even bother? Um, and that's what I love about skin libraries. That it's very different, and also because it's actually run by you, a black young girl, um, and it's. K beauty, which is different, and I don't mean to, you know, be, you know, a bit negative, but a lot of the Western brands, like we've been, we've been there, done that with a lot of them, and it's like, mm, I mean, yeah. and considering also the price, the price points, it's like you're charging this much and still not, prov- like, doing enough for our skin anyway. So what else is there out there? So I was super excited to have found K beauty, and also the pricing that's my second favorite thing after the fact that it actually does work for your skin the next thing is the pricing is so much more affordable exactly you have great quality and great price points i was like yeah we need to translate this here this needs to come over this needs to be a thing Um, and what i love is that even like you said about western brands they've started to pick up on this and they're even setting up shop in terms of like labs and research and development um teams out in south korea because they want a piece of the pie like everyone just wants to be a part of what kbt is they assumed it was a trend but it's transforming people's skin and even the attitude that people have towards beauty so people know that it's here to stay and that's been amazing and even with skin library we started with k beauty it kind of is the foundation of the essence of why we are doing what we're doing but it's kind of birthed us to look at other regions and types of beauty like it it will it started with k beauty but it's not ending with k beauty so we're kind of slowly becoming international in terms of the brands that we stock soon so yeah <laughs> coming up soon exciting if you could take just three products to travel with just three products what three products would you have in your bag with you that's a hard one <laughs> <laughs> um i think like the actual product or the type yeah, of the actual product wow i think i'd have the aqua toner for sure okay um, and give or take like cotton pads because I feel like without a toner you can't have cotton pads so that's <laughs> my third one like <laughs> the second one um apple toner the sun essence from keep cool the sun okay. soothe essence um and ooh, what's the last one we've um, I've re- recently been testing the Jamiso um vitamin cleanser that we have on our website and that's just so gentle and so soft and really affordable and i love it in the sizing as well so i'd have that so 
good cleanser, a good hydrating product and a good protecting product. And I'd be good. That's a smart choice. Yeah, definitely. I would take the tuna with me as well. The tuna, my cleanser and I guess sunscreen. Sunscreen. I mean, I have to be protected, don't I? So I think yeah. I'm gonna have to go with I have to go with your answer also. <laughs> it's a good like thing to have in your mind. Like wherever you go, whatever you're doing when you're building a routine is to have cleansing, hydrating, and protection there. So and anything else is like additional. Additional. Like good. Because a lot of girls see this. I know there are a lot of people who see the 10 step and they're like, you have to be kidding me. Like, no way do I need to use all these products. It's like, you actually don't. You can strip it out to the essentials. As long as you're using essentials that work for you, then you're good to go. And, And what I find is quite interesting is that I've come to realize that there's no one size fits all. You know, what fits you won't fit me. And that doesn't mean the product itself is bad. But yeah, there's some generically bad formulated yeah. out there, but it's a personalized journey um, and you have to find what fits you. So someone is using the 10 step routine and it's perfect for them, but it may not be for another person, but that doesn't mean they're doing what they're doing wrong. So yeah, I love that about skincare. It's, it's, it makes it more fun. Yeah, definitely. What has been a highlight or a significant highlight for Skin Library so far? Um, I would say two things. Uh, personally, for me, it's having people believe in the vision and see the vision um, in what we do on a day-to-day basis, whether it be the brand or the consumer, just send like a random message um, unsolicited, just saying that, you know, we love what you're doing and just keep doing what you're doing and we appreciate it. And, and that really means a lot. Um, and for Skin Library, I would say doing the Elle Magazine Westfield collaboration at Weekender, that was huge. Um, I learned so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was bigger than we expected at the time. Um, and just creating an experiential place, um, space where people could come and see our products and interact with us was amazing. And it kind of, again, for other people as well as us, validated what Skin Library is. Um, yeah, and that was amazing for us at that time. How did that collaboration come about with Elle? So they had done Elle Weekender in 2018, and I knew someone who was a part of the first one. Um, so I just reached out to them and I was like, they, are they doing something similar this year? And she gave me an email and I just contacted them and said, if there's any way we could just, initially it was just about being involved in maybe the gifting aspect. So when consumer customers come um, or people attend the event that we can just have our like logo or a sheet mask in the goodie bag or something mm-hmm. like that. And they were like, we really like what this is. Like, we love what you're doing. We don't have a skincare stand at the moment. So how about being involved in the event? And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, uh, for real? And (laughs) they were like, yeah, but you need this size of like everything, like products and just there's so much that needs to be done. And I didn't anticipate that because the football in Westwood London is huge. They get like over a weekend, 500,000 people. So we had to accommodate that size that could potentially walk past our stand. Um, And that was hard. So (laughs) we had to scale up really quickly, but we had amazing returns 
got the opportunity to be super innovative. They were an amazing team to work with. Um, we were able to create this um, claw machine um, where we had minis products inside yeah, and that made it really fun and a lot of people gravitated to our stand that way as well and I met the other people um, I met the amazing Charlotte Mensah and I just birthed a really amazing relationships out of that so that was an amazing experience would you be keen to do more pop-ups yeah I love pop-ups I love I love meeting customers in real life speaking to them creating experiential spaces events workshops um i think that's like one of the main things that skin library is about so not only keeping it or restricting it to online but bringing online offline and, and making that um fun and educational and stuff so yeah yeah and i guess obviously we've been in lockdown for a few months so things and events like that were less likely to happen but did you notice any like difference or change in consumer behavior in lockdown with shopping for skincare yes um i did and it was very unexpected i remember when we entered lockdown i said to my team that we may not make it like <laughs> we may not make it out of this because we're small mm. um i don't know how people are going to shop but if the next because we didn't know no one anticipated how huge covid became and how it changed all of our lives um and we did we did um have a big change but for the better we grew so much um and that that required so much learning as well and just expanding so quickly made us have to pivot very um quickly also and consumers had more time to read our captions engage with our insta stories our tweets um shop on our website like on um shopify shows you their website clicks and how the sessions in which someone spends on your website so that like doubled and tripled and and that and there was a lot of referrals people were referring to their friends a lot more and that and that was really nice and i feel like the consumer had more time to spend on their skincare routine yeah. so they had more time to research and and that was amazing and we had loads of amazing questions and feedback and that and that helped us so much so i don't know if you can share the answer to this but if you can would you say your sales peaked in lockdown as opposed to prior to lockdown yeah, we've made them like yeah yeah we the sale number that we were at in march mm tripled by july wow so yeah like 300 percent. so we went crazy yeah. that was so up to that point so for imagine a year and a bit we tripled that in three months, in three months. <laughs> that was crazy so like the influx and, and is also as well we didn't know how customs and logistics would work about bringing large stock into the uk during this time so we had to be savvy um and that really really helped as well so us grow and and find out new techniques of how to do things and stuff i guess when you're under pressure you find great solutions to to, to ongoing problems and stuff like that so yeah you mentioned earlier how skin library is looking to expand you know beyond just k-beauty um what's next for skin library what's coming up soon if you can share with us so we've had a lot of team meetings looking at amazing brands from around the world um and we would definitely love to introduce so many different brands regardless of the region that they're from but that we feel understand 
the importance of powering the consumer um, and they all have an individual brand identity. It's easy because I, I felt that the retail space right now um, is quite lazy. So they're curating, then dropping brands the next month and it isn't really as consistent and it's all about profit margin and it's not really about um, powering the consumer. And I really want to change that within the beauty industry. I want to make um, skin library a space where people feel like they leave more informed. They've made more informed decisions and they're happier with their purchases. Whether or not it helps their skincare journey, they've learned more about their skin throughout this process. Um, and and, and that's, that's the purpose here. And I feel like the retail um, space offline, online is very important because it's kind of like a supermarket you don't want to go to each individual brand to buy their product sometimes you want that melting pot space that kind of helps you curate that so to trust the, the retailer is curating products based on your needs um, and not profit is is very important and that's where we kind of want to transition or or, or progress into more and that um is kind of why we want to expand as well yeah amazing what has been a significant learning curve for you so far since running skin library hmm. um i would say not every day is the same and even if there are trials and tribulations it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong so like the, the whole vision may not be clear for many but you have to keep going and sometimes you don't need a viral moment to validate your business you can grow slowly so and and that and that's equally as valuable um and that and that's helped me that's helped me a lot that's really good i like what you said about not needing a viral moment because i think i like i speak for my own self there are many times I'm like, I know, I just want that, that episode or that content or that piece that will take off and change the entire game. And it's interesting because today I just um, was going over some old episodes. I remembered how um, someone in an episode mentioned consistency and being consistent, even when the vision doesn't look like you imagined. And in my head, I was like, yes, I agree. But I, but I know how hard it is to keep pursuing or pushing for something when it's like, it's not it's not as big as I thought, or it's not moving as quickly as I, as I, as I wish it would. Um, but still like, you know, taking, taking, um, taking stock of even the small, the small wins and the small progresses, I let that actually be enough sometimes. I mean, there could be a viral moment, but if there isn't, you know, you still have to keep on if it's something that you want to do. Exactly. Viral moments are amazing. And they, um, push brands into amazing international platforms and it's incredible but if you don't get that viral moment your brand isn't any less sometimes i know i, I went to a talk at um the vogue house with the owner of rodeo and before she was in her first retail store she was doing rodeo for about 10 years and you don't see that you know um you don't see you don't you just hear about the success but you don't see how long it took someone to work to build that and like like you said consistency is so important sometimes you can get the funk and you just you just don't want to do it anymore but you have to get up and be consistent um because then you have you built and you've learned 
every day about how to become closer to what you're trying to push out there like the vision isn't is it can't be seen overnight and sometimes you wouldn't want that as well if your vision was there completed at day one what is else is there to give what else is there to 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 show to the world so it's okay that not everyone can see it straight away but soon it will become more clear it'll come together amazing thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us your vision and your great beautiful platform thank you so much for having me and honestly i'm obsessed with the reflective podcast like i share with everybody you know like I, I everyone, and i appreciate you <laughs>